getting back to what I said at the beginning there, that's exactly what we're living through. There's only one big organized criminal bunch on the planet that have held power down through ages, ages, because we live in a commercialized system. An economic system, as Karl Marx said it, and he said that all wars have been economic wars. We think of wars as simply men fighting men on a battlefield somewhere. We don't realize there's many ways of creating warfare and fighting warfare. Often the enemy don't even know they're the target of warfare. There are a lot of that today. That's primarily how we're managed today. But warfare was announced on the public by the elites a long time ago. And he mean it. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix trying to uh, show people really that um, there doesn't have to be a a tremendous shock at waking up to reality and go through it gradually. And I think as folk get older, uh, hopefully, it should be this way, they start to at least suspect that something's awfully wrong and they get rather disgruntled and jaded when it comes to politics and the same old cons one after the other. It's so odd that... With all the think tanks and planning committees across the planet, thousands and thousands of them all interconnected, that every major disaster, everything that happens, always benefits the elite's agenda. And by the laws of averages, uh, accidents should at least benefit the public half the time, but it never does, never ever does. It always benefits an agenda that's always been discussed beforehand and often published as well. So the financial crash fits right in with the new global economy and the rising up of the IMF, which they said they would need to happen years before it did happen. Uh, this kind of stuff, you see. But getting back to what I said, in ancient times to the present time, um, we live in an economic system where the shysters get to the top. It's quite simple. Um, there are people, there really are, and I'm sure everyone knows someone who can walk in your house and have a 10-minute conversation and afterwards evaluate, tell you what everything in your house is worth. You even see them noticing things. It's, it's nature with them. It's nature. That's how they are. These are the types that get on. They notice everything instantaneously, like a walking computer or a, with a camera in their head. And they get up to the top in, in commerce. They generally have a, a loss of affect, meaning emotional bonding with people. that They don't really relate to people emotionally. But they certainly are egocentric and, and egocentric. They have a world running around themselves. They're in the middle. They're psychopathic. It's always been this way. Always. And if for in ancient times they formed secret societies amongst themselves, because often the public would turn on them for being ripped off, robbed, uh, and conned. The secret societies... Uh, used to be secret because they didn't want the public to know who they were. They'd meet secretly as well. And today, the societies really are more open. There's different levels of them, of course. The bottom ones that everyone knows about are the open type of societies. They're a front cover, a portico, as Albert Pike called them. Those at the bottom don't know much more than the general public, in fact. But it's always been that way. And uh, the idea 
of uh, an elite living off of the herd is nothing new. People think, for instance, here's an example. People think that, um, and they go into mysticism to try to find the answers. They think if they just find the keys of Enoch, they'll understand everything, past, present, and future, instantaneously. Some magic box is opened, and voila, there you are. And that's not the case at all. What it is, really, is that you have to use your own, and Albert Pike said this. Albert Pike said that. He said that we believe in the laws of nature and nature itself. And if you're really seeing and hearing and reading what he's saying, just read between the lines, you gradually get the impression of elitism. And that's exactly what it is. He's talking to his own kind for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. And he does go on eventually to say that those who, who will not use their own brain, their mind, their own perceptions, and come to their own conclusions, he says, they're nothing more than meats on the table and beasts of burden by choice and consent. That's the trick of it. That's the trick of managing the world. We're taught from a very early age to, to disregard our own instincts. We're taught to disregard our own suspicions about things. We're given politically, politically correct, authorized versions of histories and even what's happening today via the media. And you have people, too, who wait for the media, like Brzezinski said. That's why he could say with confidence that the public... Uh, will be unable shortly to reason for themselves. They'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them. That gets back to Albert Pike. If you can't think for yourself and you won't think for yourself, you're meat on the table and be self-burdened by choice and consent. You don't have to go into the occult. All you'll find in coding, and yeah, there's thousands of codes out there. All you'll find, and, and remember this too, before you even start, what you can discover means that what man can discover means that man put it together, not some supernatural power. Don't forget that part as well. But all you'll find is elitism that gradually gets the candidates who join these things into higher groups. If you're worthy, that's what the true meaning of worthiness means, uh, and you then are in amongst a bunch who talk about the profane down at the bottom, being beasts of burden by choice and consent. And therefore, that's nature. And they'll use all these allegories of different wild beasts and animals and how they live, even wolves and how's the head of the pack and all the rest of it. Would the pack vote that leader in if they could speak and have a sort of democratic vote? And they generally would say no, but do they need that leader? The pack say, yeah, well, they're the leaders of the pack by their own decisions, by their own grasping of power, and therefore you can't tell the public how you really run. You give them what they think is democracy. In reality, you're run by a super elites with lots of wannabes always joining, working their way up, up, up the ropes of politics, trying to get up there to join the bunch at the top, the masters, who are all corrupt. But from the, their point of view, they're not corrupt. They're simply following the laws of nature. That's all it is. That's all it is. And yes, they use all these different symbols because symbols strung together form sentences and paragraphs and whole stories symbols are also symbols of power that's what flags are about and logos you'll see on big corporations and how you string them together 
you can find that the lower stuff is easy to do. Use your own brain. It's not difficult. Not with the internet today. But again, all that's showing you is what man put together to stop you from realizing uh, that, yeah, there are this super, there is this super elite group at the top, this intelligentsia, who have incredible financial and commercial wealth. And they lend to whole governments across the planet, which means they're above governments. Above governments. The media's job is to ease the herd into each stage of change by giving you the dialectic approach, the pros and cons, and this guy says, oh, we shouldn't, and this guy says we should, until you're punch drunk, and then you, you cave in and go along with the experts anyway. These are ancient techniques that are still in use today. And they work well. Why change them? So many people out there truly, and I can remember when I was really small, uh, when the propaganda campaign via entertainment began to glorify doctors for the first time. People don't realize that really until the advent of penicillin, doctors were like witch doctors. They were called at the last minute, just before the coroner. I mean, it was basically the same thing. Because there wasn't much they could do for you, apart from setting bones and things like that. That's really what they could do. But when it came to medicine, they didn't have them. They were still using the same stuff with a little bit of uh, alchemy involved. They'd mix little potions together, make them fizz, change color in front of you. You'd be very amazed and they'd hand you a bill. And after that fizzy amazement, you'd kind of hand over the cash. You were kind of impressed. That's as, really as far as it got. And antibiotics came along and suddenly they had something that worked. Suddenly that's something that worked. They didn't invent it, but the status of them was skyrocketed, elevated by the massive advent of media drama Dr. Kildare and Marcus Welby MD and on and on they went and movies about them and all the rest of it and that's gone on ever since remember Jack Elal said whenever you have a, a, a system of, a, of an agency being glorified especially when they start off as services like police services or health services and so on they will become authorities Karl Marx said the same thing and so did Lenin They'll eventually become authorities. It's done by propaganda. And that's what Alal said. You're, you're listening to propaganda. But it works. It works. People, yes, doctor, okay. I'll bend over and then goes something you have no clue. All based on trust and faith. All based on trust. And you think they don't go to incredible lengths in a multi-billion, trillion-dollar industry to fool the public? Oh, then go back to naivety because that's where you belong the world is utterly utterly corrupt from the bottom point of view from the top as I say they view it differently it's their right to do as they wish with the herd and including profit off them that's what farmers have the herd for look at all the allegories you're given through all the big books and Pike's books and all the other books as well turned out by Freemasonry not the little guys at the bottom you're supposed to use your own meatloaf, your head if you can't do it, you're a goner today as I was out cutting the wood there, I was thinking about the spraying in the sky I mean, it rained here all 
June and July, every single day, and most of, of uh, August and September as well. Today which should be one of the nicest days the whole year. This is the second year in a row, by the way, of the same weather. And there they are, just slobbering across the sky, leaving trail after trail. It's one massive, misty mush at the end of it all. And everybody you meet squeezing. Because, yeah, and you wonder why asthma's up. All, suddenly, we've got a, a perplexing uh, epidemic of asthma across the world and allergies, and no one knows what's causing it. You think your governments are the top boys? No way. Remember, it's a degreed system. And there is a global government above them and above the UN. The UN's jobs just to find ways to implement the policies from the big boys. Back with more after these messages. through the matrix. Just before the break, I mentioned about the incredible aerial spraying that's been going on for since 98 full-time, basically, in Canada, at least. And I get, I literally could fill up uh, hard drives, one after another, with all the photographs from across the planet, where other countries are getting it, too, really badly. And you talk about to people who, again, they can't use their own perception, they never look at the sky. If they do, they will literally um, dismiss what they see because these are the people who really believe if there's anything really that concerns them, the media would tell them. And if the media doesn't say anything about it, then it's irrelevant and they dismiss it from their minds altogether. However, when the same media tells them that they're going to bioengineer shortly in the future, they're talking about bioengineering the whole atmosphere to save the planet from global warming, cooling, or things in between, um, and you bring up the topic, was oh yeah, they're going to do that. The same people who denied it altogether will say, oh yeah, they're going to do that because it was in the news. But they don't, they're not doing it yet. And, and so they wait again for the media to tell them, and that won't happen, of course. So those people, you have to write off. They're gone. They, they can't use what, their own eyes or their own minds. They have to look for the experts to confirm something for them or tell them something. As soon as they do, they'll believe it. Even if the stuff is bogus, they'll believe it, like a swine flu pandemic across the planet. They'll believe whatever the media tells them. Unfortunately, the majority of the public are there. That's what's called the dead. In every religion, ancient religion, they talked about the dead. And there's many allegories of, given in story form of the dead. The dead weren't people who were in the grave. The dead was, were, were people who walked around and did what you thought were normal, everyday things. But really, they were oblivious of a reality around them or who was running them or who benefited from them, from, from ruling over them. And they were oblivious to the techniques used to control them. They are the dead. They've always been the dead, down through the ages, because the techniques are ancient. Absolutely ancient. And the dead, unfortunately, will go into never the vanguard of a novel religion. They'll tag in towards that latter end when it becomes an authorized religion. Then they tag in and it becomes customary. 
they're, they're, they're really cultural religionists. Whatever the culture is in the present religion, they adopt it at that time because they don't want to be left out of the group, you see. So that's what's, and that's why also uh, they create religions today. They create them like Gorbachev talking about creating uh, this new religion, this earth-based religion where people will worship a form of earth worship, a form of earth worship, which ties in sustainability, depopulation, and all the rest of it. This is a guy who admits he's an atheist in the same book. But we are creating, he says, a new religion for the people. And it works. They can be honest as can be about certain things occasionally, and people will never retain that. They want to think something else about these people. It's, it's the strangest phenomenon, it really is. Whenever little Red Riding Hood pulls the, the hood back from the face and it's a wolf, you should remember that's a wolf, even when it puts the hood back on top of its head. And you can see why you can see why Pike said what he said. Those who will not use their own minds, intellect, perceptions, brain, if you like, are meat on the table, and beasts are burdened by choice and consent. And that's a truism. It's a truism. Here's an article here to show you how corrupt just one part of it is. But it's incredibly rich, so it won't matter me saying what I'm saying. And I'm tiddlywinks compared to, to guys that have been after in the past. He's a site that talks about it. It's called Child Health Safety. I've read an article before in the newspapers at the time, maybe earlier this year, but here it's in this site here and a lot of um, interrelated uh, topics to do with this particular drug company. It says, drug giant Merck gave orders to destroy critical doctors, doctors who were critical of their studies. And it says, destroy them where they live. This came out in the court cases, by the way. October the 12th, 2009. Core evidence now available online at the University of California Library shows drug giant Merck systematically targeted hit lists of doctors to discredit, neutralize, or destroy critics of the safety and effectiveness of Merck's drugs. This is out in the open in the courts. It won't make any difference to the present propaganda campaign because propaganda wins over most people's intellect or reasoning says you can read the documents yourself at the links below and they have all the links here incredible amount of links all with no guessing involved here no conspiracy here's the stuff out in the open major newspapers major stories cbs uh, all the major mainstream and so on it says one memo stated this came out in court and because had audio tapes of these guys talking we may need to seek them out and destroy them where they live that's the doctors are talking about uh, Dr. Andrew Wakefield said when interviewed by the CBS, he says, this is not a conspiracy, this is corporate policy. That was on CBS News. And the link's here to do with uh, children, vaccines and brain damage, October the 9th, 2009. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
cutting through the matrix, reading an article from Child Health Safety website. Lots of great links on here, publicized stuff from, from major mainstream cases that be in the media, the mainstream media. Nothing, uh, no conspiracy or guessing involved here, but it won't unfortunately do too much good at the moment because people succumb to propaganda. It overcomes facts, you know, propaganda and obedience too. Don't forget the obedience theory that people have been taught to, to go along with so many things from the top. We, we, we bow to mammon and we bow to what we're taught or our superior people, experts, special types that came out of different wombs and you did. And that unfortunately works. But the site says this. As I say, Dr. Andrew Wakefield said when interviewed by, interviewed by CBS, it's not conspiracy to do with uh, these vaccines. He says that this is corporate policy. And that was on a CBS news report. The links are all here, by the way. Wakefield is a British medical doctor who put child health safety over autism, meaning the effects of uh, injections, inoculations, and the MMR vaccine before his career. So he stood up for the children and, and safety before going ahead and having all these things happen to the children. And has since been hounded by big money ever since. The Sunday Times had an article, Sunday Times claims discredited uh, Wakefield's autism research is verified with autism. Governments expect parents to trust the health and safety of their children to drug companies like Merck, a manufacturer of the MMR and other vaccines, and lots of uh, published data that they're trying to suppress is on this website, by the way. Other recent examples of blatant fixing of the published scientific evidence base includes that by Merck and by drug maker Wyeth. Merck paid medical journal publisher company uh, Elsevier, whose CEO is Sir Crispin Davis, who sits on Glasgow Smith, uh, Smith Klein's board. They publish a fake medical journal with articles favorable to Merck's drugs. And it's got, uh, it's got the link to that too. That was done by Bob Grant in the Scientist magazine, 30th of April, 2009. Uh, Canada also did a, a documentary, I think it was CBS or CBC, a couple of years ago on that very thing. They showed you these ghostwriters. They never showed you their faces, but they're all doctors and uh, laboratory uh, technicians, etc., who churned out these favorable reports and dismissed all the negative stuff. That's how it's always done. So Merck publishes a fake journal. And that was covered by The Scientist magazine, 30th of April 2009. Drug maker Wyeth flooded medical journals with some 40 ghost-written articles penned by prominent physicians who sold their name for cash in an all-out effort to offset the scientific evidence linking its female hormone replacement drug, Premro, to breast cancer. And it's got a link here, Judge Orders Wyeth Papers Unsealed. That was Associated Press, July 25th, 2009. Covert lobbying and manipulation is endemic. Use of PR, public relations, to counter negative publicity. Considerable resources are invested into building long-term sustainable relationships with stakeholders and key opinion leaders and journalists. These relationships are used to promote the use of certain brands and counter concerns relating to safety. To counter concerns relating to safety. Efforts to undermine critical voices in particular were identified under terms of issues management. This is, a, this is from the court case, by the way. In later evidence, in response to the ISM's memorandum, memorandum uh, Pfizer stated that public relations is entirely legitimate and can help to educate and inform. 
According to the PMCPA or PR activities may include placing articles in the lay press, you know, the, 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 the press for the profane, the lay press. TV documentaries, yeah, the TV documentaries you see too. Soap operas, etc. I told you all, these, all this entertainment stuff is nothing but propaganda. And it's from the court case. The influence of the pharmaceutical industry, the link is here, 2004. That was the English Parliamentary Health Select Committee report. And the link is all there. Here's, here's these big companies putting it, paying people to write into soaps, and the names of their brands, what they're on, and what pills are good, and so on and so on. It's in the movies too. This is Merck documents revealed in court evidence. And it gives you emails from Green to, to Gertz regarding William Harvey's research conference. It says we need to seek out these doctors, the ones that, that weren't going along with this uh, agenda, they weren't taking the bribes. We may need to seek them out and destroy them where they live. How's that for, you know, the honest businessman that we're all trained to believe in? And we are trained to believe in them. They even give lists of the doctors here to neutralize by different uh, methods and techniques. This is standard practice, by the way. And one of the letters to, to Susan uh, Bromgartner, I guess that was his, the agent for the big pharma, uh, it says physicians to neutralize, attached is a complete list of 36 physicians to neutralize with background information and recommended tactics. You will notice that some of them already, and it goes on to, to say, I guess, what it's, uh, they've actually done. Now, this will also include blackmail and everything else. And there's report after report of, of more and more doctors to neutralize and discredit, generally to the same woman, this, this uh, Susan uh, Borngartner. Quite amazing, quite amazing way I page this. <laughs> but it also has all the other links, as I say, all the other links to these, these reports on the, the so-called safety studies on vaccinations. Uh, from MMR right up to the present, flu vaccinations, stuff they don't want you to know about, but it is available. It is available. As I say, it won't make any difference. Unfortunately, and, and, and good luck to people with these sites who need this, but this kind of stuff takes, it would take generations to work through. It's like George Orwell when, when he meets uh, and Winston, the character in 1984, where he meets uh, O'Brien who's torturing him, this, this uh, guy who was bringing him into what, he, what, what Winston thought was a secret society, but he actually was setting him up. And O'Brien says to him, you, what makes you think you can change anything? And he says, oh, the people, you know, the proles, the, the people will overcome you eventually. And O'Brien says, no, that won't happen. He says, however, maybe in a thousand years, he thought, and he drifts off into another, another topic. That, that's what you're up against. The incredible wealth of the ages and those intergenerational families who know how to use it. And they do use it. Ancient techniques. If you want to control people, you have to understand the power, the power of the mind and how it works. And we have been studied. We're the most studied species on the planet. Nothing else, nothing else has been studied as much as we have. It's only now, in the last hundred years or so, been getting into the insects and the turtles and all that other stuff they show you on television 
is they bring you down to the level of the animal because they're very smart people at the top. If they can dehumanize you and you believe it, you say, well, I guess they have to do this with us and I guess they have to do that with us, just us. (laughs) But organized crime runs the world and they don't call it crime. People keep demanding from governments answers and solutions to fix problems and they never figure out that the history of the world is that government is the problem. This article here is from 2008. It's by Interpress Service. April the 8th, 2008. U.S. lawmakers invested in Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Washington, U.S. lawmakers have a financial interest in military operations in Iraq and Afghanistan. A review of their accounts has revealed. Members of Congress invested nearly $196 million of their own money in companies that receive hundreds of millions of dollars a day from Pentagon contracts to provide goods and services to U.S. armed forces, say nonpartisan watchdog groups. David Petraeus, the top U.S. general in Iraq, is to brief the Senate Foreign Relations and Armed Services Committees on Tuesday and Wednesday. The latest findings are unlikely to have a significant impact on this week's proceedings, and that's true. Uh, it won't make any difference because they're not out to expose themselves. And it goes on to say, lawmakers charged with overseeing Pentagon contractors hold stock in these very firms. As do vocal critics of the war in Iraq, said the Center for Responsive Politics. Senator John Kerry, for instance, the Democrat from Massachusetts who staked his 2004 presidential bid in part on his opposition to the war, tops the list of investors. His holdings in firms with Pentagon contracts of at least $5 million stood at between $28.9 million and $38.2 million as of December the 31st, 2006. Kerry sits on the Senate Foreign Relations Panel. It says, members of Congress are required to report their personal finances every year, but only need to state their assets in broad ranges. Isn't that amazing? But for you, you better be exact, or you know you get the big, the big slamming log on the door as they batter your door in with a, with a battering ram. Corruption runs, so naturally they make it different for themselves, don't they? Don't they? <laughs> Other top investors include Representative Rodney Freeling Huizen, a New Jersey Republican with holdings of 12.1 million, 49 to 1 million. That's what, it's, that's what he has to declare. It's, well, it's between 12.1 million and 49.1 million dollars. Representative Robin Hayes, a North Carolina Republican, 9.2 million to 37.1 million dollars. Republican Rep. James Sessenbrenner, Jr. of Wisconsin, 5.2 million to 7.6 million dollars, and Rep. Jane Harmon, a California Democrat, $2.7 million to $6.3 million. Not bad war, isn't it? It's a good business. Senator Jay Rockefeller, the Democrat and former governor of West Virginia, who, hold, who chairs the Senate Select Intelligence Committee, he runs it all, invested some $2 million in Pentagon contractors, CR pieces. And believe you me, I've got other stuff here from the, the Rockefeller family. And it's astonishing. They're trying to find out how many investments they have into these kind of deals and they go through other family different departments of their family there's different names for different parts of their family and they've all these front companies and it takes forever to get through all the front companies to get to see uh, who actually is behind it all and ends up being the rockefellers 
Other panel chiefs who invested in defence firms, including Senator Joseph Lieberman, the Connecticut Independent who presides over the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee. Well, he's, all, he's a peace man, isn't he? He's a peace man as he rakes all his cash in. And Rep. Howard Berman, the California Democrat who heads the House Foreign Affairs Committee. And all 151 current members of Congress, more than one-fourth of the total, that's the ones they know about, right, have invested between $78.7 million and $195.5 million in companies that receive defense contracts of at least $5 million, according to CRP. These companies received more than $275.6 billion from the government in 2006. See how it works? It's your tax money, folks. <laughs> they invest their own stuff in private shares in these companies, then they pass bills, and then they use your tax money to fund the corporations that they've got money sunk in. So $275.6 billion from the government in 2006, or $755 million per day. Isn't that not bad? $755 million per day, says Budget Watchdog Group OMB Watch. Investments yielded lawmakers $15.8 million, $62 million in dividend income, capital gains, royalties, and interest from 2004 through 2006, says CRP. Uh, well, what's new, eh? You know, during the Vietnam War, I remember reading the British papers how uh, the officer class of the U.S. Army going through their training were advised to put shares in the war industry and had all different companies and corporations and you got special deals and buying shares and stuff like that. So I guess once you got over there, you'd say, well, how much napalm is here? Uh, and they say, oh, 500, 500 gallons or tons or whatever. Oh, use it this morning and then order another batch because it's good for business, right? They've all got shares in it. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's what was going on. That's the real world. That's the real world. It's not astonishing, though, when they have these little uh, closed hearings and someone comes forward to the public with suit and tie on and uh, that waxed, polished face, you know, or purity, everything but the halo, and they tell us a lot of gibberish, which we're all so willing to, to, to swallow up rather than believe the harsh truth that they're all corrupt. Uh, but that's what they do every time. Propaganda and image-making and presentation uh, overcomes reality. It's simple, rather, rather than simple, quite simple. Totalitarianism is the, the system we're going into now, open totalitarianism. Before we had this, um, this idea of democracy that kept us from rebelling every four or five years, they gave us elections instead. And in democracy, we don't vote new guys in because we like them. We vote the new guys in because we've become to hate the last group so much. And so we don't rebel. We live in hope. You see, and that's what democracy is all about, giving you hope that somehow um, some human being who's gone through the same schools as the last bunch will somehow be different. But all he has to do is to say what you want to hear during elections and then does what he wants when he gets in. That's all democracy is about. As I hope, I hope people out there have learned in their lives. I hope you've learned that and seen it. I mean, you've got a memory there, haven't you? And they favoured this form of collectivism to be post-democratic, a collective society where they could get ahead with their business much quicker and we'd all simply obey them and, and not grumble and moan and, and object and, and form committees and, and organisations to, to demand justice and stuff like that. It's awful. It's a nuisance. 
It takes time away from, from their adding up figures and profits for themselves. So collectivism is a system where people obey because they'll train you to obey using Pavlovian and, and improved Pavlovian techniques and technology. And uh, so they'll just state to you what they want and you'll jump to it. That's collectivism. Collectivism is to destroy the last vestiges of individuality and definitely the family unit. If you haven't noticed the war in the family, even with all the drama and movies you're soaking up, then you haven't noticed much at all. Nothing is in a movie or drama by accident. And to train us into this new system, I'm going to read an article here. It's like something you'd, you'd expect out of fascist Italy when Mussolini was in. And, of course, as we know, Mussolini has now been declared to be uh, set up by MI5 in Britain, and that's been made public by the new books from Declassified Information. I I'm waiting for the next one to tell us that Hitler was also one of their boys, but we might have to wait another few years for that one. depends if the public's ready or not, or if everybody remembers who he was. This article here shows you how they're going to just use this new fascist technique of indoctrination, just mass indoctrination on the children to give them a completely new version of how the past was, a, a different past, uh, a very, a bit, well, almost a Disney past, I suppose. And it's from the Telegraph. It's about the European Union. Now that they're basically roller, steamrolled over everyone, they're going all the way for indoctrinating the children into a new society with new realities. Not the old-fashioned stuff of their fuddy-duddy parents. Back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. Just showing that corruption is normal. It's always been this way, but it's just you're been taught to perceive it differently. You've been taught that there are holy people up there with suits and ties, with lots of letters behind their name. Doesn't matter real or not, that's irrelevant. And you've been trained that somehow they're, they have halos and they walk on water and they'd never tell a lie, something like George Washington. And unfortunately it works with most people. We can't believe that they go to these lands to con everybody. But that's what psychopaths do. It's a gift they have. And they use it all the time. They can't help it, but use it. This article here, as I say, is, is from The Telegraph, 15th of October, 2009. Members of the European Parliament. Now, remember, the, that's the parliament that we're based on in America, too. We have to go into the same amalgamation of the Americas and we're going to amalgamate with the EU after that. It's actually in process now before they even confirm the last part to the general public. MEPs, members of European Parliament, call for compulsory EU lessons in schools. Uh, they're calling for school pupils to be forced to take European Union lessons to counter lies about Brussels. That's where it's based, that Parliament, you see. Leaders of the centre-right EPP grouping in the European Parliament say there should be compulsory classes for 14-year-olds in all member states. The calls are being made by, led by Maria, Mario David, a Portuguese MEP, who was Chief of Staff to European Commission President José Manuel Barroso when he was, on the country's, when he was the country's Prime Minister. 
He claimed the controversy surrounding the the Lisbon Treaty demonstrated there was widespread ignorance of the EU's work. This is the same EU that published itself that all the executive branch at the top make all the decisions, all the laws, and if working committees which are done in secret, and the committees themselves are kept secret from everyone else. (laughs) So he says, widespread ignorance of the EU's work. I wonder why we're ignorance. All the debates about the Constitution and then the Lisbon Treaty showed a great deal of lying, he says, cheating and mistrust about the EU, he said. This is, again, is the organization that was set up in all, the, all European countries then after World War II. Uh, uh, they made a delegation for each country, kept secret, and they said in the stuff they released in the late 90s that the public were not to know. The reality of the free trade agreements would lead to complete unification of union of, of uh, Europe they said the public were not to know until it was done so here he was all the debates about the constitution and Lisbon Treaty showed a great deal of lying, cheating and mistrust about the EU he said he's rather peeved in Ireland people were told there was going to be abortion across the EU, that many men would be conscripted into the European army this was a bunch of lies, I've read the report here about the European army from the mainstream press <laughs> Knowing and understanding from a young age the principles, the procedures, and the successful history of the European Union, which was all done, by the way, in secrecy, the generations of tomorrow will be immune to any distortion of the perception of the role of the EU and will much better embrace the advantages of this unique project of voluntary sharing of sovereignty. <laughs> it's something, as I say, you'd expect to come out of the mouth of a dictator as it changes one regime to the next regime and then abolishes the past. Oh, it's astonishing, isn't it? I'll put these links up on my website right after the show and go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you can see, plus support me, use PayPal, donate, etc. Keep me going. And also on TV Ontario, next Friday at 10.30pm, watch Tagged. They're starting the debates about should human beings get the microchip. Back with more next Monday. From Hamish, myself, and to your Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.